0: From WKYT Podcast, this is Uniquely Kentucky. I'm your host, Amber Philpott. Hello, podcast listeners. It's that time in the week where I like to ask you how you're doing. As I release this episode of Uniquely Kentucky, it should be Derby weekend in the Bluegrass, a weekend of racing, big hats, mint juleps, and treating the world to one of the best Kentucky traditions there is, the fastest two minutes in sports. Instead, we'll have to wait until September when COVID-19 concerns, hopefully, have been lessened. Every year I get the privilege of doing live coverage at the Kentucky Oaks. It's known as Kentucky's Day at the Track. I am a sucker for a beautiful derby hat. I look forward to choosing the outfit and finding that beautiful piece of head art to go with it there is something magical about the work milliners do. It is an art. My guest this week is not a native Kentuckian, but rather a converted Kentuckian. Jenny Steele is a master milliner. She moved to Kentucky after having worked in Chicago. She now runs Forme Millinery Company in the Butchertown area of Louisville. This week, we are talking all things, of course, hats, and how this state stole her heart. Uniquely Kentucky with Amber Philpott is brought to you by the WKYT News and Weather apps, available on the App Store and Google Play.
1: Jenny Fanensteel and Steele is joining me today. She's a master milliner. I love hats, so this is a treat for me to get to talk to her. Jenny, welcome to Uniquely Kentucky. First of all, let me say, how are you doing? And how are you doing with the fact that normally you would have been breathing a sigh of relief because we would be approaching Derby weekend and you would have been very, very busy. So how has it been knowing that the the Derby has been postponed and not having life as normal these days? Yeah, it's
2: it's definitely very different from Derby week that I've ever experienced. Um, I would say that the first time that uh, the announcement was made Um, I think a lot of people were in shock and not quite sure what that meant uh, about Derby being postponed. And so, you know, it didn't affect my business so much right away. But I would say definitely within the the following week or two, uh, people were either canceling their Derby um, because they wouldn't be able to make it in September or they're rearranging things. Um, So things have certainly slowed down in, in that regard. Um, However, I have already had 30, 40 custom hats (laughs) in the process, so I was finishing these hats whether Derby happened or not, (laughs) so um, in May anyway, so, but I would say, you know, people are really optimistic about Derby Derby happening in September. Um, I'm starting to get uh, emails and phone calls from people that are attending in September with the hope that this is going to happen
1: you are not a Kentucky native, you sort of found your way here to the Louisville area. Um, I know that I'd read that you were in Chicago and then you would come here and you were invited and you kind of ended up kept coming back and you kind of fell in love with the place it sounded like. So talk to me about your journey getting here to Kentucky.
2: Yes. uh, I was in Chicago um, and I was making hats in Chicago and i used to sell my hats at fine art shows and there was one particular show that i was doing uh many moons ago and the person next to me was from Louisville, kentucky she um, makes leather handbags here and she's like have you ever thought of coming to kentucky and making derby hats and honestly it was like no i just make hats (laughs) so she said you need to come and to my house next year and pack your bags and you know, make hats with the derby. So I did, and I packed up my trunk and sold hats out of my car on Frankfurt Avenue and sold out of them. And I was like, this, this is amazing. I'd never experienced a derby before. So it was a very new territory, but it was just, I love the excitement and all the events that happened surrounding derby. And so for six years, I came here and did custom work for Derby. And I would stay for a month and a half at a time. And I got to know more and more people and build relationships. And I just was so amazed of how nice and supportive people were here. And just just the supporting of small businesses. It was very different from Chicago. So it took a couple of years to convince my husband, who's a Chicago native. <laughs> but eventually, you know, he was on board and we, we made move
1: it uh, been almost six years. Millinery work is not something that people, you know, think of a lot. And I think of it, you are a true artist. Like, I think of hats as, like, pieces of art. Where did that love of getting into that world come from? I mean, were you sort of into fashion always, and that's what led you to hats?
2: Well, I grew up in a family that sewed. My mother, grandmother, aunt, they all sewed clothing and quilts and you name it, they made it. <laughs> so I've always grown up around um, that creative aspect of working with your hands and creating things. So, but never, when I was a child, never did I imagine I would go into making clothing or things like that. Um, Cause I used to hate as a child going to the fabric store and <laughs> sitting there for hours. Um, but now to think that I sell, so, I work with McCall Patterns as a hat designer, so, you know, what are the odds? Anyway, I digress. So, I, you know, I had a natural talent for sewing. I actually started cross-stitching, which is a very old technique that some people may not know what that is, but at five years old, I um, started doing cross-stitching, and, and, I, and it just came natural to me, so I went on to fashion design school to pursue costumes. I used to be a ballerina, and so I always wanted to make costumes for the ballet, and so that's what I did. I created costumes for the Colorado Ballet and the Ballet Arts Theater in Colorado. That's where I got my degree, and then it came to a point, especially back then in Colorado, you weren't making western wear or ski wear. There weren't a lot of other options. So I packed up and moved to Chicago and made costumes for Cirque du Soleil, movies, commercials um, about Joffrey Ballet, Goodman Theater. Uh, and I had dabbled in hat making but I never knew the proper way of making hats. And I saw that there was an opportunity in Australia to um, go to a millionaire international millinery forum. and There were 400 milliners from all over the world that came together and there was three of us from the United States and It changed my life forever because I learned techniques um, The real traditional techniques of hat making and I just I fell in love with the craft and since I knew how to hand sew it It really just came natural I'm like, this is what I'm meant to do. <laughs>
1: and I, I love I, that you have a stamp. Uh, it comes on every email that you send, but it's also on the website. A hat can not only change your day, it can change your life. I, No one else may get that, but I get that. There's something about a beautiful hat. Uh, when I get mine every year for Oaks, I get to cover Oaks. And when I get that box and I open it, sometimes I just want to cry because it's it's so beautiful. And it's true. So every hat doesn't fit every person. I mean, they really have to be almost customized, right? So how do you get the right hat for the right person and really change their life with it?
2: Yes. Yeah, so if someone has an opportunity to come to my hat shop um, and be here in person, we can try on lots of different styles and I can discuss with them why certain styles look better on, on than others. Um, but if it's someone that's from out of town um, and we're not able to do that. I, I do actually have a series of questions. I like to see a picture of them. Um, I like to know you know how long their hair is, the color of their hair, their physique, their face shape, because that all can play a big part. You know, even your height. Um, you know, I'm vertically challenged, just how I like to say it. <laughs> Five three. So you know, something really large can be very overwhelming for someone. Um, Who's not very tall, and and I would just look like a mushroom, and I would just hide underneath it, you know. And then there are people that want to wear a brim, but they don't think they can because they have short hair. But if you wear like a flip brim, similar to what I'm wearing, your hair can still peek out, um, and it can really be flattering to one's face.
1: What is uh, Louisville like this week? You know, um, I'm sure it's dead like everywhere else. But as we approach Derby. What's it like to be there and not really have all the hubbub going on?
2: It's surreal. It's, it, I, cause I come into the hat shop every day um, to work on hats still and and masks. (laughs) Um, And just driving down the streets. I'm I'm really close to downtown. So um, the streets are dead, the stores are closed, the restaurants are closed. And it's, it's really sad, but know we're going to get through this even though there will be it's just going to be very difficult for some um including myself you know but there is an end (laughs) there is an end
1: (laughs) what do you foresee because obviously having a derby in may versus a derby in september two vastly different times of the year um what do you expect because normally we kind of see Um, well anything goes nowadays but you typically think of those spring colors so what are we going to see in fall when we have to plan now for the outfits and the hats for fall
2: well i think because it's the beginning of september spring and you know the summer colors and season will still be in effect um i certainly won't suggest for people to switch to wool hats because it could be 90 degrees (laughs) so if anything you know maybe you might wear some you know maybe darker color straws or something like that but really i'm i'm telling people you know if you bought a dress for may wear it in september the the seasons are going you know the weather's going to probably be very similar if not hot and you know, you'll fit right in. I, I certainly will not suggest to people to switch to fall because um, we're it's the beginning of summer, so it still kind of falls in the beginning of September, so it still falls within the summer season. In my life.
1: you are a featured milliner for uh, the Running for the Roses, and um, that seems like that that is something very special to have that attached to your name and to your business. Yes, it's. It's like winning the Miss America pageant for
2: milliners. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it. Um, It's such an honor um, to be recognized as a milliner um, in my craft and for someone like the Kentucky Derby and Churchill Downs to... Appreciate that and recognize that and, and provide me with this opportunity. It's, I'm the second milliner in the whole history, 146 years um, to be featured, so it's, it's quite an honor.
1: Sure. You are um, in an area, so you started out, um, if I have this right, in the Melwood area, which I think is a really cool building, the old um, I guess, bacon plant, if you will. Um, and then you move. So talk to me about your business in general in terms of, because Louisville is just really exploding in some areas and just, uh, the it's just coming back. It's coming alive in some areas. So talk to me about that.
2: Oh, wow. It's, when I first opened up a store uh, five years ago at Melwood, um, Nulu was just... I wouldn't say it was just getting started, but it was becoming real, starting to become really popular uh, on Market Street. Uh, Melwood was was thriving and, and doing really well, and there were a lot of businesses and artists in there and restaurants. Um, for me, I was I needed to expand, and there just wasn't that opportunity available at Melwood and the landlord of this area. They call him the Butcher Block King. <laughs> because he's totally transformed this whole area. He's taken old dilapidated houses and turned them into commercial spaces and has just really, really improved this area. And so he approached me and said, I heard you were looking around and I might have a space for you. And it was about double the rent (laughs) (laughs) what I was paying at Melwood, but I was like, you know what? Town in New Blue, with the soccer stadium going in behind me. There's a brewery also going in behind me. And I mean, and Market Street and everything going on there. I'm like, this area is literally exploding and I gotta get in while I can. That's so,
1: great, that's I, awesome. One of the things I loved reading about you is that um, just last year, you were selected as a Tory Birch Fellow Um, with the Tory Burch Foundation for being a woman entrepreneur. And that sounds really big to be recognized by Tory Burch.
2: Oh, well, I've, I've always been a Tory Burch fan and have followed her career. Um, Not to mention, I love her collections.
0: Um,
2: But she, I believe it was in 2006, she started this foundation, the Tory Burch Foundation, where she, wanted to help and support and provide resources for women entrepreneurs. And I had learned about it and I, you know, one of those things where you're like, you don't play at a lottery, you can't win. (laughs) So I, it was a very extensive application. Um, I knew they were only going to pick 50 women. Um, My understanding there was over a little over 2000 applications that came in. And and I was one of the chosen ones, and it was thrilling to, you know. Sometimes when you're an entrepreneur, especially a, a woman business owner, you you kind of run this by yourself, so to speak. You know, you kind of feel alone sometimes. Um, not a whole lot of people to talk to or share ideas with. Um, so just to just to meet other people that were in a similar situation. Um, and to have that support and to bounce ideas off of it, it was very, very nice.
1: What's been your biggest challenge as a female business owner and, and getting things going over the years?
2: Um, I don't know if there's anything specific to being a woman business owner that, that's been challenging. Um, I would say, well, It's a challenge but also a benefit. Uh, You know, I started my business out slow. It actually started out as a hobby in my basement in Chicago, believe it or not. Um, But I always grew up with my parents saying, if you don't have the cash for it, you don't need it. So, you know, don't take out, don't get debt, don't take out credit cards, all this stuff. So, when I saw my peers taking out loans to start businesses, you know, I, of course, I was like, "Oh no, I can't do that," um, which was a big struggle in the beginning um, because I think a lot of people give up in those situations when the revenue is not there right away. And so I had to grow organically, um, and therefore it took a little bit longer for me to get to where I am. But <clears throat> They learned so much um, by by doing that and growing slower. <clears throat> I would say, <clears throat> um, you know, when I first started, especially in Chicago, you know, to me, I didn't feel like there was a lot of resources. And especially when I went to college, you know, they didn't teach you how to be an entrepreneur. They they said, "Oh, you want to be a fashion designer? Great. We'll teach you how to do all this fashion stuff," but Now go out and do something (laughs) with it. So it's, that was probably one of the most challenging times is just learning the ropes and trial and error and what's working, what's not, Um, you know, but I didn't wanna go back to corporate America. And so I said, I'm gonna make it work one way or another. Um, But what I, that's one of the things too, I love about Louisville is, the organizations here provide so many resources. The local visitors bureau, GLI, LIBA, I mean, the resources that they provide for small businesses is outstanding. And a lot of them are free resources. So if you're a business owner in this town, or I would assume it'd be anywhere in Kentucky, you know, it's in my opinion, a whole lot easier to get those answers, those questions answered.
1: Have you learned anything? I've been trying to ask that of people that I've been talking to lately going through, you know, the pandemic and and we're finally starting to see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Have you learned anything, you know, over the last couple of months going through all this as a small business owner? Yes.
2: Uh, Being a small business owner, and even though I have contracted help, I. Mainly run my business myself, Um, and because of that, it's been very difficult for me to learn how to have a work-life balance. And you know, especially this time of year, I don't see my family. I get home and my daughter's another foot taller. I'm like, what? What happened? (laughs) You know, and it's it's always been a challenge for me of how to balance that where we all can make it work and, and for all of us. So yes, it's, this has been a blessing in disguise for me.
1: It's been nice to clear the schedule and not have to worry about a schedule, you know, to not be tied to what's next, what's coming up. So I'm glad someone else because I've been saying that. So I'm glad to hear you say that. Our time is winding down. I want to, you have an impressive list of folks that you have made hats for. So I have to know, Who's like your most favorite? Who's been the most fun? Or do you even want to say?
2: It's so hard to
1: answer um, because let me tell people the list includes the Michelle Obamas of the world, uh, Oprah, Madonna, Neil Diamond.
2: <laughs> you know they're they're all lovely people to make hats for. For me, because I've been asked that before, and it's so difficult for me to answer. You know I. I make hats mainly because I like to see a person put on my hats for the first time. The confidence that it builds in that person and and the transformation that happens, you know, they stand a little taller, they smile a little bigger. Um, You had mentioned sometimes you cry. I've (laughs) seen that happen. You know, it's. That's why I do what I do is because I love how my hats can make people feel. I mean, there are people that have said that they have felt invisible for years and now wearing my hats, they feel like a person again. And, you know, for me, you know, each hat I make is, is special and a little bit of me and a little bit of my customer. So, you know, they're all my little babies. And so, you know, it's hard to say, you know, Normally people don't say they prefer one kid over the
1: other. (laughs) That's true. That's an unfair question for sure. Um, Jenny, how can people find you um, on social media or on the web if they want to check out more about you?
2: Yes. So if you're in the Louisville area, I have a storefront, a hat shop. Um, It's the Green Cottage at 1009 East Main Street in Louisville. Um, Or you can find me on the web at www.formemillionairey.com. That's F-O-R-M-E-M-I-L-L-I-N-E-R-Y.com. And, you know, I make hats for all seasons and occasions, not just derby. Um, So, you know, if you're looking for a special hat for that special occasion or just to go to the grocery store, I'm your (laughs) gown.
1: That's awesome. Last question. What are you looking forward to as, you know, this sort of uh, dissipates with COVID, hopefully, and we're able to get back to the running of the roses in September? What will that week leading up to that, the new Derby week be like for you?
2: Well, I'm keeping a positive attitude that it's it's still going to take place. And because I feel like Derby sneaks up on us in May after the holidays, and then it's like, oh, it's here. Where now it's like, okay, we have time to breathe, let's start planning and let's make this big. And you know, honestly, I think once this whole thing is over with, people are gonna wanna get out, celebrate traditions, especially in Kentucky. So I think everyone's gonna be ready for it and running
1: with those roses. Penny Fan deal. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for moving to Kentucky. I feel like that you have made Kentucky more beautiful just by making your home in Louisville. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us this week.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.